All right, welcome back. This is Compass Podcast, and I'm not sure what episode I'm on. I know it's 20-something. I'll put that in the description, though, so someone who is trying to figure out what episode they're on, they won't be lost like I am right now trying to record this episode for you. But um, it's been a while since I've recorded an episode again. Um, I don't like to just record because I feel like I have to. I want to do it when I feel like I have something to talk about, and... Today, you know, I actually have some time to myself. You know, I get weird trying to record when I know other people are around and in the house and stuff. It's just, you know, I'm, I, <laughs> it's just me being weird about, you know, something that I want to do. And, um, so I figured I would take this opportunity to, you know, sit down and record an episode. And I did have something that I really wanted to talk about. And, you know, I have a few things. So I kind of picked which one I wanted to discuss for today's episode. Now, the other day, um, we were joking, my wife and I were joking about something, uh, like smells in the house. And if you cover it up with another scent, if you mask the horrible scent with, you know, a candle or, hey, Rowdy, my dog's coming in here to check on me. And if you were to cover up that smell with, a, you know, a scented candle, some Febreze or something else, you know, if you can't smell it, then it must not exist, right? You can just pretend there's not a problem if uh, you don't acknowledge it, essentially. And same could be said a while ago, we found some mold under the vanity in our bathroom. Unfortunately, it wasn't a big problem. We were easily able to disassemble the side of the vanity that you could see the mold creeping in through. We had someone come out and test it. It wasn't actively growing. In fact, it wasn't even wet at all. So fortunately for us, we just had to get some mold killer spray, you know, use bleach or whatever else you want to use and spray it on there, wipe it out, you know, let it thoroughly dry, spray it again. And let it dry before you completely seal it back up. Now, um, we made jokes about that too, you know, saying like, well, you know, if you can't see it, it's not a problem. We shouldn't have had anybody come out and assess the problem for us. We could have just sealed it up and forgot it even existed because we couldn't see it. And this kind of had me thinking today after, you know, joking about just covering up a scent or covering up something so you can't see it, just so you don't want to acknowledge it. Got me thinking about how um, I had a similar view in regards to uh, coping with with my mental health, uh, my childhood traumas, and, and so on and so forth. And um, for the longest time, how I would essentially do exactly what we were joking about doing with our living space was not acknowledging it because if we don't acknowledge it, therefore it won't be a problem. Therefore, it won't exist. And I did this in, uh, in a number of ways. Um, I think I had mentioned before that I had sat down and, and, and what, uh, it was mandatory for me for a short while to go to therapy. It was like court mandated or something. I can't exactly remember something with this, you know, coming out of foster care or whatever. They, it was mandated that we wanted to, they wanted us to, my siblings and I to go to, um, see a therapist and see, you know, if we could make some progress on stuff that they were sure that we were dealing with. Now, 
I was very of the opinion that I was fine, and that was one way that I would, you know, that I try to pretend like I didn't have a problem. I have discussed this, uh, the exact same topic, uh, or in regards to me trying to get out of my mandated therapy sessions in past episodes. So I won't stay on that too long for you today, because I do want to take this in, you know, uh, something that I already haven't poured over in like a past episode. And one way that I would really uh, cover it up was um, certain members of my family were actively trying to um, cope and um, um, address and deal with their uh, the the traumas from our childhood, and I was not actively trying to do that because in my head I wanted to not acknowledge it because I wanted to pretend that I was the one person that was fine, that I was okay, that I didn't need. Um, to process anything because there wasn't inherently, there wasn't anything that was inherently wrong with uh, me. I wasn't, you know, acting up. I wasn't, um, um, you know, cutting. I wasn't having suicidal thoughts. I wasn't doing all these things that, you know, met. I, I wasn't doing all the things that met this, you know, textbook criteria that I was told um, would, you know, manifest itself or would show itself. Um, I, in my head, I didn't think I or I didn't want to align with what they were saying I should align with. So, in an effort to avoid it, I distanced myself as far as I could from this idea of what is or should be uh, inherently wrong with me. And, you know, I forget how that saying goes, but there's, you know, you hear a lot of people say, um, if you bury your issues or, you know, like don't bury your issues. If you bury your issues, that's just going to make it worse. It's, it's going to blow up in your face essentially. And, um, just kind of like what NF said, you know, Oh yeah, I know my therapist told me to not bury my issues, but I gotta be honest, man, I'm feeling great. And, um, I kind of, you know, did just that. I would, I just not talk about it to anyone. I was fine. You know, other people might be dealing with problems, but yeah, but it's fine. Let's, you know, ignore the fact that I'm like taking midnight runs, um, down, down the street in, you know, between high school and college, you know, just going on midnight runs through the neighborhood and then stopping in the middle of an empty intersection in town. You know, it was a small town. There wasn't a whole lot of people on the roads, especially at midnight, unless it was a Friday. You know, maybe you would have a few um, jacked up uh, douche, uh, to douche level trucks driving, you know, screaming through that red light or what have you. But I would stop in the middle of the intersection and I would just, you know, stand there and, 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 and literally I would scream at God and I would just scream up at the sky until I was hoarse. I can't tell you how many nights I would come home um, and just crawl into bed. And I would wake up really, really, really hoarse, almost without a voice, just because I would be screaming and crying so heavily in the middle of the street because um, God wasn't helping me. And, you know, I wasn't taking initiative 
um, myself to actively seek out um, help or seek out guidance from, you know, whether that's a therapist or a family member on, uh, you know, how to work through these issues that I was struggling to acknowledge and process. And I, there would even be times where I would stand in the middle of the intersection, just kind of, I remember the thought creeping in my head on more than one occasion. Like, I hope a car just comes through and runs me over. And thinking back on that, that is, that's horrific to say the least. But the fact that I was having those thoughts come inside my head while simultaneously putting up a front to people during the day that I was around, you know, family members, people at school, people at college, people in my classes, that I was just, you know, your normal kid, um, however awkward I may have been, you know, there wasn't anything inherently wrong with me. I was fine. I got along fine with everyone. I didn't have any problems that I needed to address. I wasn't suicidal. This carried on into my college life as well, you know, I would go on midnight runs, 2 a.m. runs, 3 a.m. runs. I was up all night. I could barely sleep sometimes. And I, there was a few times I would do kind of the same thing that I would in, you know, in back in town, in my hometown, where instead of stopping at the intersection, I would run down to the lake um, and I would run out on the dock. And I distinctly, and I talked about this, I was lucky enough to have a close friend at the time that I could, we talked about these moments that we had and, you know, maybe <laughs> definitely should have, you know, approached therapy a lot sooner and more seriously. And I am planning to get, actually go to um, therapy regularly starting next month and um you know maybe when i do start that up i will talk about how in what ways i'm benefiting from it or how i'm glad i am that i've started it we'll see we'll cross that bridge when i come to it but anyway i was lucky enough to be able to share um a lot of you know mental health struggles with this um college roommate of mine when we would hang out and have a few beers what have you and we would talk about these you know we get really really personal with a lot of the stuff and we were able to share um, stuff with each other that we wouldn't have necessarily felt comfortable sharing with a complete stranger at the time. And, and I remember telling him about these moments when I would go on these midnight runs and I would run out on the dock on the lake and I would, oh Jesus, hair sticking out of my high ear. Hold on. There we go. Not to get off track or anything. But yeah, I would run out on the dock and I remember staring at the just, you know, the dark water just out on the lake and, you know, seeing the stars up in the sky, what have you, and just thinking, you know what, I could grab a rock from the shore and I could throw my body in this lake and I just, you know, black out. Um, and 
you know, blacking out and so would all my problems. All my problems would just black out with that and I would finally be able to rest. And through this time in, in college, I really started to um, realize where I was at mentally with a lot of this stuff and realizing that I hadn't made as much progress as I thought I had. And, and I had done, I had buried these issues so far and so deep that it took me more than twice as long to um, approach and even begin to really dig deep into the root of these issues and 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 get down and dirty with with what I was really going through for uh, you know a lot longer than it could have if I were to have acknowledged them and been honest with myself and and others too but I feel like the first step is you know it's just like that saying the first step of um um dealing with a problem is acknowledging that you have one in the first place and you know a lot of that is attributed to addiction alcohol abuse drug abuse what have you but I feel like that also it can be attributed to mental health depression suicidal thoughts no one wants to be that person that is like oh yeah I'm suicidal especially with the sort of um um, I don't know, dogma that comes along with the stigma that comes along with uh, that association when people find out that, you know, you're that guy, you're that person, you're that, you're that gal that has these struggles. Oh, you're kind of mental, which, which leads into the film that I do want to make that I already have started that's called My Mental Life to approach and sort of beat down on that stigma that's associated with someone who is going through and who is trying to cope with and deal with and address these issues of, um, you know, their mental health, my mental health. Because so many people have this weird stigma that's associated, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. I don't know how to approach it. I don't know how to talk to this person. Oh, they're kind of, you know, you'll hear three people throw out terms like, oh, that person's kind of mental. And a lot of people don't really think about that too much. It's just, you know, off the cuff, flippant remarks that are really damaging to an individual and can prevent them from wanting to open up, especially when I, I've seen, you know, certain people in my extended family, I do not want to name names, and this is not meant to um, narc on anyone <laughs> connected with my family in any way in regards to um, personal growth and personal progress and because I'm sure that it wasn't anything that they really thought of either but when seeing other people deal with and, and, and going through these horrific moments of of suicidal thoughts, depression, and, and not making any progress and seeing certain members of my extended family <laughs> I will name one person, even even parents even my biological parents making statements of, wow, you know, 
I don't know why they're dealing with this because all they need to do is turn to God. And, you know, I have mentioned on, I have briefly touched on that in past episodes before, but seeing a lot of people address this, someone having these issues and dealing with issues really made me less inclined to want to approach it myself and be honest with these individuals of what I was personally going through based on their opinions of of um, watching these other people go through what I was currently going through, and I chose to bury my issues. Now, that is not meant to put blame, to play the blame game and say, you are solely responsible for why I refused to acknowledge what I was going through. That is not what that is meant to do. I'm saying a lot of people will will say stuff without really, really thinking about how it might affect um, someone else. And I did make the conscious decision to not acknowledge these issues that I knew I was dealing with. Even this through college and stuff, when I started to be able to open up with, when my roommate and I were able to open up with each other about these thoughts and emotions and stuff that we were dealing through and unsure how to um, acknowledge and uh, cope and live with, um, I was really forced to look back on certain aspects of my childhood and certain things that I went through. You know, like the fact that... <laughs> I contemplated suicide when I was like 8, 10. It's unclear to me exactly how old I was when uh, that did happen, but it did. And, uh, you know, it kind of had me just reeling when I came to that, um, um, when I acknowledged that that had happened to me at such a young age that there was something terribly wrong and I had buried this so far because I wasn't supposed to be the one that um, dealt with these issues. These issues aren't um, normal, right? I was normal. I should be normal. I should be fine. And if I pretend that these issues aren't prevalent to my circumstances or who I want to perceive myself to be, then um, they won't manifest themselves. And that's why I feel like I wasn't able to get the most out of like the mandated therapy that I had to go to was because it just, I, I, I buried these issues so far and, and refused to acknowledge them. And have I like, been honest with these um, emotions to um, important people in my family. Yes, um, I've been honest with my wife about things that I'm going through, dreams that I have, um, how I'm faring on like depression and just randomly in the middle of the day when it hits you, it hits you like a freight train out of freaking nowhere, and that's that's kind of the hardest thing to deal with. I. I, I mean, shout out to my wife for being able to um, 
what's the right term? Not just like put up with it. I don't want to say that. But shout out to her for being able to um, listen to me and acknowledge that this is something that's real and genuine that I am actively dealing with and going through and still coping with. It's not something that you'll deal with once and then once you, you know, take those medications, once you go to therapy, you know, check all the boxes, just therapy, check, medication, check, yeah, stop drinking, check, just go through down, you're like, yep, I'm cured, I'm good now, guys, it's fine, it's fine, I'm not going to think about suicide again, I'm not going to, you know, think about <laughs> depression again, I'm not going to wake up depressed, what, what, you know, she's been able to, um, walk through this uh, together you know we, we didn't get married just for you know surface level just for surface level attraction or just to go through life separately um we made that conscious decision to go through life together and that's what we're doing and and she is able to um, listen to my struggles and acknowledge my experiences and ask questions and and see how I'm really really doing and and it's it's amazing to be able to be completely honest about something that you're going through on a personal level with um, your significant other or just someone who's close to you in your life, whether that's a, a, a friend, um, a parental figure, your, um, you know, a significant other, um, a sibling. Um, all that is essential and so valuable to even... And don't ever think that something that you're going through is too small to address. I don't want... I've always been afraid to be that person that it talks about myself and my experiences so much that that it, it makes someone else's experiences or struggles feel... Um, less of uh feel less important to you know their existence or um less important to those around them i don't want to diminish from someone else's um struggles or triumphs or anything if even if you're struggling with just you know a little bit of anxiety or something like that that's important to talk about to address you can't just bury that issue and pretend like it's fine and and let that just fester like a disease inside you until it slowly just starts ripping you apart from the inside because you don't think it's important enough compared to someone else's you know suicide attempts and 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 um, dark depression and all this kind of stuff. It, even if you have one thought, like there can be people that live their lives through and they have a fantastic life, perfect life by anyone's um, definition of perfect life. It could go through flawless and then one day in the middle of their perfect life it just hits them like a goddamn freight train out of nowhere and they're just sitting there and they're like, you know what? I'm depressed today or I 
literally want to kill myself and I don't know why. But then they'll sweep it under the rug and they'll just keep on living their life like there's no problem that that thought literally came into their head and they've... They don't believe that they've ever struggled with depression, suicidal thoughts, um, anxiety, or anything similar before until that one specific moment. And then they just keep on living their life like it's fine. If you ever come to a point in your life and where you, you know, never experienced any thoughts or whatever, any suicidal thoughts, any form of depression that you're aware of, or maybe you haven't acknowledged it before, and all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you're just like, you know what? I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. I hate my life. I hate my job. What the hell am I doing here? You need to take time and acknowledge that and talk about it and break down why you're feeling this way. If you sweep it aside, sweep it under the rug, if you choose to bury that, and not acknowledge it, that is going to slowly destroy you. And that is a conscious choice that you as an individual can make to acknowledge what you are going through on a personal level and stop worrying about what anyone else is going to say in regards to how you're feeling. Who cares if someone out there is going to diminish what you're feeling because, oh, it's just you just had an off day. You know what? You just had an off day. It's fine. Whatever. It's not a big deal. Stop worrying about what anyone else might say. And you look into yourself. You acknowledge it for yourself. So that way you can address it and you can move forward and live a healthy and a better life um, because of it as you know be healthier by way of acknowledging that you did feel that way that that was real that was a genuine thought that you had and it's fine that you don't know why but you should acknowledge it and that's still to this day even though i've been able to work through certain feelings and emotions and thoughts and stuff from my past but also you know currently i that's not behind me and that's never going to fully disappear. And that's very difficult even for me to um, acknowledge that that's going to be something that I'm never going to get rid of. You would like to think that it's something that you can, you know, acknowledge, say, yep, I was depressed. But, you know, now that I've acknowledged that depression is no more. I am a cured man. I have taken that, you know, prescription that I saw on TV because they said if you're feeling depressed, this will help you. It doesn't work that way. It's going to come back. You're going to feel depressed any other day. But if you are able to be honest with yourself about it, you're going to be able to cope with that in a healthy way. Get the help you need. Talk to people who can be in your support system, in your... um <laughs> your infrastructure for life. And that is so very valuable. Anyway, I don't want to just keep rambling on and repeating myself. Um, you know, I'm just going to keep skipping over the exact same points, and that is not something I want to do. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of Compass Podcast today. Um, hopefully, I'll be back recording another episode sometime soon. Um, hopefully, that's not too soon. 
uh, are too long, I mean. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you for listening to uh, Compass Podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye.